Adam Angst on the Apple Far Out announcements. This is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices Magazine, our free flipboard magazine that brings you some of the best Mac, iPhone, and iPad productivity tips on the web. High in signal, low in noise, just like Mac Voices, Mac Voices Magazine includes information on how you can get more out of your Apple technology. Subscribe at macvoices.com slash magazine or search for Mac Voices Magazine on Flipboard. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's a special night. It is uh, Friday after the Apple uh, Far Out event a little bit earlier this week. It is a few hours after the iPhone 14 pre-order started, and we are live with the Long Island Macintosh user group. Long Island, thank you so much for having us. It's great to see you all. And we've asked them to mute their mics, so um, we'll have them unmute when they have questions. Joining us, though, tonight is somebody just as special. I understand he was at a dinner tonight. I'm not sure if he was being honored. He's not in a tux. Mr. Adam asked. Uh, thank you, Chuck. No, no, it was actually a dinner that Tanya and I were organizing for our cross-country teams, um, which... You know, you get those family things, which you don't even really think, you know, it's just a, something you're about, you're doing and you've been talking about it for weeks and whatnot. And so Wednesday, when I got the email with the Zoom details, I'm like, something happening Friday night. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Completely double scheduled. So it was, uh, but it worked out fine. We, we pushed the time back. Thank you all for, for, for allowing me to stay at my dinner for a little bit longer and say it, talk to everybody. So it was great fun. But uh, I, I am here now and happy to chat about Apple stuff. Hey. Which is all I've been doing for the last two days. <laughs> so yeah. like I've been living this stuff. So many details in my brain. Yeah. I, I mean, it is, it, is there anything worth talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have to say Apple's gotten so good at this. They know how to, they know how to, how to uh, pace their announcements so that there's always something you've got to talk about. And then Siri just decided to talk to me. <laughs> Stop it, Siri. Uh, oh, sorry. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it was interesting watching, you know, the keynote stuff. Because, yeah, some of the stuff was not that interesting. And others were like, holy cow, they can do that? Who knew? So, I mean, you know, point your phone at the satellite and that's going to work? Really? Um, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever get to use it, but I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> Well, you're just going to have to start running trails and doing things that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. And now if you need to be rescued, you... I do all that. I just prefer not to be rescued, (laughs) to be rescued. (laughs) (laughs) And, and like, who's going to test the emergency SOS to the satellite? Like, I mean, like, talk about, you know, taking one for science. They're going to, like, you know, they send a helicopter out for you. They're going to be really, really angry if they discover you're a tech journalist just seeing if it worked. (laughs) Yeah, that I mean that, but that was Siri in the early days. It uh, when when it would dial nine one one, and I, I I distinctly remember a lot of complaints coming in from emergency services about you know not uh, let's just say misdialed Siri um, emergency notifications. Yeah. And and I actually talked to a friend of mine um, who is a mountain rescue person. Uh, in fact, not not currently but you know what has been fairly recently and he's still an emt and a paramedic and you know does the whole thing um and i was asking him if he thought this would this would increase the number of calls and he actually said no 
that um, and 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 I'd, I'd heard that that cell phones in general did this too. You know, people would like go out for a day hike and wear shorts and a t-shirt and just not really think about what they might ha- might happen and get you know up in the top of a mountain and get stuck and then have to call you know then call use their cell phone to call for emergency rescue. And he said that that actually wasn't the case. It didn't increase the level of of calls. What it did is it it decreased the level of severity necessary. So if you sprained your ankle, you might call for, for, for a helicopter, um, whereas in the past, you would have hobbled down. And so, um, so he thinks that there might be, you know, a little bit more in terms of, of stuff that, uh, you know, probably not as serious as people think it is, but they have an option to call for help, so they're going to. Your comment about, you know, some of the notif- announcements being boring and some not. Um, you know, I, I've had numerous conversations like you over the past few days, and it seems like there's a big disagreement going on about what the best, most important announcements were. That you know, if ah, if, if it's something, if it's something applied to me, oh my God, it's super important. <laughs> but if it if it didn't apply to me, then nah, it didn't, it didn't mean anything. Where where do you stand on it? What would you say was this? The, if you had to pick one, was the most important announcement? Well, so, so, I mean, you're absolutely right, you know, that if you're, you know, you're looking for um, a new iPhone that's not going to break the bank and you don't have the need, you don't need all the whiz-bang, best, uh, whiz-bang stuff in the iPhone Pro 14 Pro and Pro Max, then you might have been super interested in the iPhone 14 or maybe, you know, like you're so pleased that they have a, an iPhone 14 Plus now because, you know, you, you didn't want to spend all the money on an iPhone, Pro, iPhone 14 Pro Max to get the big screen. So you are correct in that regard. Um, I think from the perspective of boring, um, for those of us who are in the industry, is stuff that doesn't change very much. And so the iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Plus, for instance, they aren't that significant changes from the iPhone 13s. And so they share the the same chip. Um, You know, the form factor is basically the same. The cameras are basically the same. I mean, a little improved, but, you know, not, not hugely so. And so from the perspective of people who are looking at this stuff all the time, okay, yeah, yeah, I've slotted it into, I understand what this is because we already had it. Then you look at something like the iPhone 14 Pro with the Dynamic Island, which is the strangest name for a feature, but nonetheless, um, and the and the, the emergency SOSS via satellite, the crash detection, which admittedly are in the iPhone 14 as well, um, and um, the always on screen, and you're like, oh, that's something which I don't have a previous model of in my head. So that's what attracts your attention. And and you're like, huh, how is that going to change the experience? And in fact, I just ordered myself an iPhone 14 Pro this morning, not because this iPhone 13 Pro has anything wrong with it, but because in what I do, I am curious how the the always-on display and the Dynamic Island in particular change the experience of being an iPhone user that that's something which is of value to me in my job. And so it's worth it to me to upgrade um, for that alone, even though, yeah, realistically, I don't need the other features. And those features are not going to change my life in all likelihood. I'm just just more of a research project for me. So that said, I think the other big one, obviously, is the Apple Watch Ultra, which 
we we all know what the Apple Watch, you know, SE again, boring, um, just a little bit, just a little bit upgraded. You know, we know what it means. We know what we understand what it does. Series eight, same thing. Nice few, couple new features, but you know, we understand the concept. And then the Apple Watch Ultra, you're like, okay, wow, there's all these great details. I got to think about what this means, what this is going to happen, uh, how this is going to happen, what it's going to change about the world because this thing is now available. And so that's really when I think we, we talk about boring, what we mean is, does this change the way we think about the world? And, uh, you know, the iPhone 14 Pros and the Apple Watch Ultras might, you know, AirPods, second generation AirPods. No, they don't change the way we think about the world. They're nice. Great. <laughs> buy them. <laughs> if you want to need new AirPods, buy the second generation AirPods, bro. They're good. Um, and it's not like we have to think hard about how they're different from the the previous ones because they're just a little better in a couple of different ways. Okay, since you went there, uh, we'll just start. <laughs> we'll just start with this. Um, where do you stand on Dynamic Island? Is it is it a gimmick? Is it a truly innovative feature? Um, I think in, our friend Andy Anako was the first one I saw that said something along the lines of leave it to Apple to take, you know, what was kind of a necessity and a blemish that, you know, a lot of people yeah. saw that and turn it into a feature. Oh, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to know how it works, right? That's why I ordered the iPhone 14 Pro. I want to see how it works in real life. But I think it's absolutely brilliant for them to have taken this essentially dead space in the screen and built it into the design of another feature such that it no longer not that not you know again i've had an iphone 10 and i forget which you know i guess i had a 10 and then an 11 then a 13 um so i'm i'm used to the notch um i don't even notice it but nonetheless to take that dead space and make it part of the design is truly clever and I think that, and particularly when you couple it with the always on display so that, you know, you could just have, you know, like if you're the sort who has to watch sports scores um, or something like that, you could have the live activities just showing you the scores while the iPhone sits on your desk. And that's pretty neat. You know, that again, may not be, a, may not be the sort of thing we want to recommend, but it's certainly, if you're the sort of person who's always checking your phone to see what the score is in the game, that might be, uh, a feature that would actually be really valuable to you. But it's it, it, the question is, how seamless is it? You know, does it really feel like, wow, alerts just kind of come out of that, that, uh, the, the, you know, the little sensor package pill lozenge thing and go back into it? Or does it feel like, why is it weird there's still nothing showing there? And we'll see. Um, I think, you know, knowing Apple, I suspect they've done a pretty good job on it because they're usually very good at making you, what's the word? Um, I mean, think about like the, uh, force touch trackpads, you know, where it doesn't actually push, but you feel it. They're simulating reality. And I think it's going to be the same thing with dynamic Island where they're simulating this as being a functional part of the screen, even though it's not, and you're not going to notice because they've done such a good job is my guess. Okay. I, I, I agree with you. I'm anxious. I, I ordered an iPhone 14 pro max this morning at eight Oh one AM. Uh, you have larger pockets <laughs> than I do. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yeah. fit in my pocket. I'm like, oh, man. I mean, yeah. if, um, if they had a, if they had a mini with a good cameras, I'd be all over it. What, 
Adam, the one thing though, and and this was part of another discussion I had um, earlier this week after it was announced that okay, this is great, and you know it may be a little experimental, but you know it. Some people are really pro, some people are not so pro. But the point that was brought up that I thought was interesting is okay, so this is on the pro models now. What happens to those? Does somebody with an iPhone thirteen, uh, an iPhone fourteen, not pro? You know, where do those announcements go or those notifications go? Or are they just not available to the the users who do not opt to go pro? It's a good question. Um, So um, obviously most things will just be normal. I mean, they have, iPhones have alerts and announcements now. Um, And the new thing is this live activities notification type, which comes in iOS 16. And I don't know how that... um, I don't know how what you see when you're using the iPhone in iOS 16 for live activities notification. I, I have the well, the release candidate on my on my 13 here, but I haven't I haven't done it for long enough um, uh, to have seen one of those. I haven't had a chance to that. Uh, my understanding is that those will mostly appear in the lock screen. So so you the live activity stuff will you know you'll be able to tap the screen of your or raise your iPhone and see it on the lock screen without unlocking or opening it. But you won't uh, you won't be able to sort of have it constantly updating on the always on screen. So I mean I think I mean I think there's two important technology aspects to the dynamic island. Um, one is Apple had to shrink those sensors into a smaller package and you know and get them into the screen and you know in the screen area in a useful way. I mean that's again. We're, we're we're past magic for what the kind of things they're doing here, um, and so and then secondly, you need the A16 Bionic chip with its power efficiency and capability of controlling the screen down, moving the screen down to like one hertz of refresh rate. I mean, it's incredibly slow, so it's very battery efficient, and then to be able to support this stuff just playing on the screen um, without actually sucking down your battery, and so. So I think that it does make sense that it's only in the 14 Pro and Pro Max, um, and um, and and I just I suspect that it will it will simply not be as big a deal on the other ones um, that we just won't really notice. Now the the alerts that I'm looking forward to to seeing the end of, and I'll be really curious if the, the Dynamic Island takes care of these, is is when you unlock your Apple Watch by looking at your phone. Um, for me, it's first thing in the morning usually. Um, you get this kind of drop down alert which says unlocking apple apple watch and then it says unlocked apple watch i'm like get out of my face you're always in way of something i want to see and if you move it too quickly if you get anxious irritated at it move it too quickly it stops the unlock of your apple watch and i'm like i don't i don't care about this at all why are you notifying me my you just unlock my freaking apple watch in the background without telling me, I'll, I'll, I'll notice that it's unlocked. And if it doesn't unlock, you don't have to tell me. I, you know, that's, it becomes obvious the next time you look at your watch. So it's a completely wasted notification. And so I'm kind of hoping that the Dynamic Island somehow, or iOS 16, can't remember if it's changed it in my 13. Um, I'm hoping the Dynamic Island sort of improves that experience because it really bothers me when it, when it covers over a portion of an app that I'm actually using. I, you've gone exactly to where what I'm hoping for myself with the dynamic island that yeah. 
notifications that previously took up uh, too much of the screen or interrupted what I was doing will just kind of appear up there in the little in the little lozenge and let me know that it's happening. And from what I've read so far, and maybe you know, um, but it, it sounds like you'll be able to tap on that and I guess go to whatever the yes. app is generating, yes. which makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely. And again, you know, what you'll tap on is what you see, which is actually off to the right or the left of the lozenge, right? Because that lozenge is dead. There's nothing in there. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that. Uh, that's an interesting question. I don't know that. Um, in other words, what does happen when you tap on the black part in the middle, which isn't screen? I don't know the answer to that, but it's an interesting question. Is, it, is that will that take taps? Because it wouldn't make sense for it to take taps. But on the other hand, Maybe Apple's got, you know, like as as it has the whole thing, you know, um, being making that available as a target. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, if somebody reaches up and, you know, if if, if the camera sees <laughs> the finger coming, it says, oh, it's going to. Right now? It's it thinks it's a tap. Me. Oh, my God. Here, here it comes. <laughs> touch me. You're going to get a fingerprint on me. Stop it. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's another thing that was brought up um, is, you know, fingerprints on that selfie camera. You know, is that an issue at this point? I, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. So your yeah. selfie's a little fuzzy. Get over it. <laughs> I mean, clean your screen. Yeah. Get off my um, lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I got no okay. sympathy. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Clean, clean your freaking screen. Don't yeah, complain. Very nice. Very I mean, nice. I mean, there is right. There is a little level of if you're going to be touching the touching the camera all of, but but I have this problem too. I mean, you know, like you. You get all sorts of touching on the back of the back of this, and every now and then, I you know, I think eh, I kind of clean it with my shirt tail, um, you know, because I don't know when the last time I might have touched uh, touched those those camera lenses is. Um, so yeah, I think that just falls into basic 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 iPhone hygiene, folks. Yeah. <laughs> there's a phrase I've never heard before. <laughs> I feel like I'm channeling one of those you know public service talks from you know grade school. Let's talk yeah. about hygiene class. <laughs> okay, so that's that's Dynamic Island. So one of the, <laughs> one of the other big things. And can you in, get voted off? Yeah, well, oh, gee, don't my God, don't start that. Um, you know, is the camera on, especially the pro camera? Um, yeah. You know, now we have forty eight megapixels, um, and there were some things coming out today. Finally, something that Apple didn't talk about in the announcement that the the but the pro raw version of photos that, that you take with this camera are three times as large uh, data wise as I would assume the iPhone yeah. thirteen. So you know that's. I mean, I, I don't mind telling you, I ordered a one terabyte for more. <laughs> More for video reasons than for still photos, yeah. but um, this is this is turning into a you know a pretty darn impressive camera and a, yeah. and a, a, an impressive set of options that you're going to be carrying around with you anywhere you go. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I at this point, I I know the specs. I take a lot of photos. I appreciate them, and I wait until the big photo sites do their reviews because. This, I mean, you want to talk magic. I mean, the computational photography that's going on here, it is not predictable in the sense of we know that it's going to be better because Apple has put an incredible amount of engineering into it, but we don't know how much, in what ways, are there gotchas, things like that. So, for instance, this, this issue of file size. So, the, it's, it's a 48 megapixel camera 
with what Apple calls a quad pixel sen- quad pixel sensor. And what that means is they take four pixels in a square and combine them into one. And that brings the file size of the photo down to the same as we would if it was a 12 megapixel camera. And because you've got four uh, pixels, uh, four units on the CCD, four pixels in the sensor, picking up light, it, at least according to Apple, increases the amount of light that that, that single pixel would otherwise have captured. And so they claim this will help with, in low light situations. Apple put a great deal of effort into talking about improvements in, in mid and low light in particular. Um, we've also got the photonic engine, which I is the, the most Star Trek-like uh, <laughs> uh, product name and way better than Dynamic Island, I would just say. I mean, if we're talking TV shows, I'm going with photonic engine rather than Dynamic Island. So, um, but, uh, but so the, the 48 megapixel camera is a really interesting thing because, again, it's Apple taking raw technology and using a vast amount of computation to do things with it, do stuff with it that I, I don't think anyone would have thought was possible. And so we will have to see once the really serious photographers get their hands on this and put it through their tests, how it all works. And if it's, if it's as successful as Apple says it is, um, the, the, what you were referring to the file size, if you get a, a pro raw image and Apple didn't say how big it was going to be, but we're like, yeah, it's going to be big. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be really big because that's, you know, full 48 megapixels is a lot of data. And, um, and so if you're either a professional photographer or at least someone who cares very deeply about your raw images and wants to do post-processing and have the most amount of control, yeah, probably you're going to go for it. You know, you're going to, you're going to take the, you're going to take the hit on file size and get a vast amount of detail that you can then fuss with in post-processing. And I imagine people are going to absolutely adore that. Um, personally, I'm never going to use it. I'm not. I just. I'm not. A, I'm not a raw guy. I, I. I. I'm perfectly happy to let Apple control my photos, uh, and uh, and I'll take what they give me. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of intrigued to see what Apple's. What happens when you turn on the uh, the iCloud Photos option, and what you know, do, is it going to take all the pro, the ProRes information and send it to the cloud? Because if so, you better have that two terabyte option. Um, oh, I, I can't see any reason why it wouldn't do it. Um, there's no reason why iCloud Photos should should be sampling you in any way. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't, I don't shoot raw, so I don't know. But uh, um, I, I can't see why they would change that. And, um, so, right. You, you better have plenty of iCloud space, um, and, uh, and, and be ready and, and also have connectivity to deal with it too. So, I mean, if you're, you know, you may, you may be, you may be filling up your, your internal storage and then transferring once you get back to civilization, if you're not on Wi-Fi. Yeah. I've, I predict that we're going to see a slew of, um, of dedicated devices to offload photos yeah. from, from I, these cameras I think those already exist for for serious photographers. I, I again, not my world. So I, I mean, they used to exist for um, uh, you know standard DSLRs and um, and you know other older cameras. So I I sort of can't imagine that they don't they don't still exist for people who are like, yeah, I'm going to be on a two week camping trip and taking a lot of photos, and I need something to to offload to. So yeah. uh, I'm sure that those that those capabilities are there. Yeah, I just think it'll become a lot more widespread now. Yeah, um, yeah with, yeah. with some no of those capabilities. 
Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you on the photonic engine. I love the photonic. I just love the <laughs> fact that I will have a photonic <laughs> engine in my camera in my uh, phone. I mean, clearly, clearly, we need one in the in the DeLorean, and then we'll be able to do time travel too. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm just looking over my notes from from the uh, presentation. Is the is the no sim tray as big a deal as maybe some folks? In some places, it's being made out to be a big deal. In other places, it's yeah, it's just the natural evolution of things. I mean, I, I, I do think it's the natural evolution of things, and I do think it suddenly falls into the about time category. So, I mean, first of all, those sim trays, come on, they were small, they were fussy. I mean, we had one iPhone. 4s i think um that tanya had that actually like the sim tray like it somehow got bent and it was a problem i mean like get their holes in the phone for water i mean like they're just a problem they're not a good thing um now all that said it's that's not the case if you need a sim when you are say traveling internationally you need to get a prepaid sim that you buy in the airport or something along those lines so i do think that we'll probably have you know, one to three years of potential pain in certain situations, but eSIM is just going to take over. It's just better in every way, um, as far as I'm aware, anyway. That that you don't you don't need these things. And I um, mean, Apple, like many the, many cases of Apple, um, they're just like, yep, we're done. No more sims. Deal with it. And it's only in the U.S. is my understanding. I don't know overseas that maybe different. Uh, different you know which countries it has they have sims and which ones they don't so clearly apple is capable of producing it but they want to set, draw a line in the sand and sort of like they have done with numerous technologies and said okay you know now you have to be this tall to play and and so uh, that will that will change the world um you know once once eSIM is standard in all iphones and all u.s iphones anyway have to use it it, everything will will work to you know will will move to being esem esem savvy and esem friendly. Yeah, um, we were sitting in on the Q and A before uh, we started the live show here, and one thing I wanted to ask your thoughts on: Were you surprised not to see USB C appear mm. in this phone? You know, I, I wasn't, um, but I wouldn't have been surprised if it did. I mean, like, I guess I was, I was open to either happening. And I'm a little surprised, except for the fact that I think Apple, I think Apple is, does not like being pushed around. And I think that they feel that the whole EU thing is pushing them around. And so... There is a level to which I suspect that they're going to resist to the extent that they can, and then at some point maybe it will it will simply not be worth it anymore. And I don't know when that will be. That I mean, it's not clear to me that USB C is really better than 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 Lightning in any significant way for an iPhone. Um, you know, it's got higher bandwidth and stuff like that, but mostly that doesn't matter for the iPhone. So, you know, and there's, there's, you know, cost of materials and again, it's a slightly different size port and all those kinds of things. So, um, plus Apple would probably feel like they had to start giving, giving people, well, they would charge it to give them cables, but so, yeah, you know, it it feels like the sort of thing where Apple is going to kind of try to resist that for some amount of time. And then either they will, Apple will just at some point cave and they'll have a reason why they've done it. Or, or, um, 
you know, the world will have moved on to something else that's slightly better. But I don't know. USB-C does seem like it's here to stay for quite some time. So I don't know. It's a good question. I, I'm I'm kind of surprised at your answer. Um, <laughs> well, that because I I've, honestly, when I ask it, I wasn't even thinking about the EU situation. Oh, I was really? thinking, oh, yeah, I, I was, no, like, that's the only reason why they're pushing. Yeah, I mean, I because right now the iPad. Let's, well, let's see. Does the new iPad Mini? The I, new iPad Mini has USB C. The I think the, yes. all, all the iPads have USB C. Um, the, 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 not the plain model, I think. Not the okay, not the plain model. Yeah, but you know, so I I just wonder where we are in this transition. And if, now, listen, I can also completely understand because the USB C standard is a bit of a mess. <laughs> hey, USB C four two point I mean, come on, yeah. two version yeah. numbers. Like, geez, does that mean we had? Does that mean we're up to the USB eight? I can't remember. Do you <laughs> multiply or do you divide? Well, and does it charge or does it not charge? Does it sync or does it not sync? I mean, you know, it 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 is it is a mess. But at the same time, you know, it definitely does give better bandwidth. So yeah, yeah, I, I, no question. And part of it, part of where it gets fussy is um, uh, also is that is that I mean, Apple's not really that into USB C. Apple's into Thunderbolt, and so you know, it does fall into the category of like. I could see there even being different groups within Apple that would have very strong opinions about what their product needs in terms of Lightning, USB-C, or Thunderbolt. And, and there could be some fairly significant internal debates about, you know, when battles between those divisions, such that, you know, at some point, someone higher up than all of them will decree, you're all doing X. Um, but until that point, if they're evenly matched, they may just simply not, you know, they may not be able to convince each other that the best way to do things would be because they all believe they're doing it the best. So hard to know. I mean, that really is inside baseball. Yeah, you're right. And I, again, I hadn't thought about it. You're taking a completely different angle at it. I hadn't even thought about the, yeah. the internal debates from the different Apple teams and the photo and video people probably would love to see the bandwidth for USB-C. There are probably yeah, some yeah. other folks who would just as soon stick, stick with lightning. So, right. and you know, and I mean, and you know, Brad, Brad mentioned in the chat, of course, you know, USB C in theory is is Thunderbolt. USB four, sorry, USB four is Thunderbolt four, or you know, so it, in theory, it's all sort of melding, but that's theory. <laughs> and in practice, you know, you've got cables, you've got controllers, you've got what you're connecting to on the other side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and so you know, that's where it starts to get pretty darn funky and you know i don't know if there's something that will help us simplify it because i mean that is part of apple's thing right i mean apple really likes things to be simple and you not have to think and the whole that whole world with its different cables and things i mean glenn fleischman periodically writes articles for tidbits which take us like a week of editing and fact checking to even get close to publishing because there's like so many freaking details surrounding USB and Thunderbolt and the cables and the connectors and what you can do. And, Oh, but did you know, you know, like, I mean, I mean Apple's still, I believe they're still shipping a charging USB charging cable with laptops, which means you can only do USB two data over it. I mean, you know, like, Right. Yeah. Brad's not on. He's like, this is crazy. I mean, that's just a worthless, worthless uh, cable, but it's, it cuts the cost just a little bit for Apple. So it's worth them doing that. And so now you've got a cable which plugs in like everything else, 
but you you know you can transfer data at a trickle um so it's just nuts yeah yeah um okay before we move on from the phone i want to know what you think about crash detection Ooh. oh man may you never have to use it <laughs> That's all. I, I mean, I guess I will say the thing that surprised me of the whole crash detection. So Apple talks about how they 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 put in new sensors. They've got like high G-force accelerometers. Um, they've got uh, uh, you know they're doing barometric pressure changes. They're doing sound changes. All of this stuff that they're doing, and you know, and they put in a million hours of machine learning to, to make sure that all the data told them there really was a crash. I'm like, I'm glad they did that much work, but really, it's that hard to detect a car crash? I mean, car crashes are pretty big deals, usually. So maybe they're detecting really small car crashes, too, but, you know, a little fender bender. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, it's just a, it's just one of those things where I think it's it's good. You know, um, again, my, my, my mountain responder or EMT friend, he's like, anything that helps us get there faster. You know, that's what it comes down to so often with emergency services is is anything that helps us get there faster. And, you know, the, you know, as a runner, um, you know, when they added the fall detection to, uh, to to the Apple Watch. Yeah, I had a couple of, you know, trips and falls. Where I'm like, no, don't call, don't call. <laughs> um, because it does always alert you and give you some amount of time to cancel the call to emergency services. But, you know, I mean, Apple did play the, they were late a video um, early on in the event where they, it was, a, it was, it was nicely, nicely played, but it took a little bit to understand. Basically, they were playing, you know, people telling their stories about how emergency SOS or something else in the Apple Watch basically saved their lives. And, um, and those are real. Um, you know, my, uh, my wife's parents were just telling us this winter, we had a very, cold and kind of slippery winter here in Ithaca and a friend, an elderly friend of theirs was going for a walk in a city park, you know, not, you know, in the middle of nowhere or anything like that, but he was not super steady on his feet and he slipped on ice and hit his head and was knocked out and his Apple watch called 911, you know, and it was, you know, I forget, it was like 20 degrees out and blowing and, you know, people were there within 10 minutes or something. And that was a really, really good thing because had he, you know, people were not necessarily walking by him, noticing that he had been, he had fallen and needed to, needed help. And so, you know, that, you know, I don't know that he would have had a better, you know, a problem, um, you know, had, had to wait for someone else to call 911, but that was, uh, you know, there's no question that saved him in some significant way. So that's real. And I think the car crash detection is going to be exactly the same thing. There will be false alerts, but you will just say, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, you know, don't call 911. And, uh, and if you don't answer quickly enough, hey, you know, there's worse things than the, the you know, the, the fire department coming and, and, and making sure you're okay. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in favor of that. And the same thing with the emergency SOS from satellite. You know, I think, again, it's not going to be used a whole lot could be could be very very small numbers of people who actually use it but it's super super cool they can do it and you know particularly like you make a mistake right you go for a hike or somewhere where you shouldn't you go too far you get caught out without water you're not wearing smart clothes you know you're you you, you twist an ankle badly you know uh, something like that mistakes even if they're stupid mistakes like that shouldn't be fatal not 
not in the modern world. It shouldn't be fatal. And so if, if that can prevent a stupid mistake from not from being fatal, great. That, that, uh, that's a good thing. And I am really curious if we can use the, you will be able to use Find My to manually update your location. So you, so like, and we have lots of places, there's no cell service around here. So I'm planning to go out in the woods and go, okay, like, tell, like can you see where I am now? Um, and, uh, and manually upload my location via the satellite to see that that will be the one way that you can see if it works without actually calling emergency services. Yeah. I, I've shared this story on the show before, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but um, a few weeks ago, my girlfriend took a bad fall and Ooh. ended up, I mean, it, 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 it ended up not being a problem, but it could have been very, very bad. Um, and she, she was not even aware that the watch had called emergency services. But yeah. it had co- it called emergency services and it notified her sister and it notified me. And, you know, and it's when you get that alert, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a strange thing. It's like, what? You know, and did so you get a screenshot to, of that? I've never seen one of those. I, I, I didn't even think about it, Adam, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, but it, and it, it was, it was very, very interesting. It's like, and you start to call and when she didn't answer, it's like, okay, this is real and yeah. some, something bad happened. The other interesting thing I'll share this too that I did not know about, um, you know, once it did the alert, then I was able to watch her not not video, but watch her location change as the ambulance took her from oh, where she fell nice. to the hospital. So oh, you know, it's like uh, you know, I know at any given moment I knew where she was, and you know, if, obviously by ambulance is fine, but if she'd been in the woods or somewhere lost, it would have helped you, you know track that so right yeah it's, right, right. it's a it's a very very cool feature and you just you don't know you're going to need it until you need it yeah precisely adam and the long island mac user group are back in the next edition of mac voices where adam talks more about some of apple's far out announcements including the apple watch ultra and the new airpods that's next time on mac voices i hope we see you then until then and as always i'm chuck joiner thanks for watching Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode you will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.